Hello, Life Changes Church family and friends. We're in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 3. So if you've got your Bibles, why don't you open with me? Otherwise, follow along underneath Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 11. This is what it says, and it'll appear on the bottom of the screen as we go. It says, one day, Peter and John went to the temple to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. And all the people saw him and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Let's pray in this moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you that we are gathered around your word, and that is where we find our unity. That is where we find our courage, not in the status quo of our society, not in the status quo of man's opinions, not in what we think or even what, what a, a preacher would think, but God, what your word says, our cornerstone, your faithfulness, that you are faithful to your word. So we thank you, Father God, would your word that is living and active move in our hearts afresh in a new way as you lead us to more of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. As we mentioned, we're in part two of a series called Flip the Script because we know, and you know, we all are familiar with the fact that 2021 almost feels like we've been handed a script that seems like 2020 part two. It was like, it's like the sequel, but it's more of the same, you know, and you're getting it and, and it feels like most people I chat to these days and we have conversations, this feels the script of 2021 is political unrest, financial ruin, despair, frustration, try and keep our heads above water, let's just try and make it through and maybe when the vaccine comes, maybe when uh, another year comes, maybe when the government lifts lockdown a little bit, then we'll be able to move on with life. But we are saying as we lean into the Word of God and hear from the Spirit at this time, that this is not a moment for us just to read our lines and then move on to the next, to the next scene. No, no, it's to apprehend this scene, to own this scene. And actually the church is not called to be peripheral, but center stage at this moment. It's time to flip the script. And I don't know what example I, I can use to, to galvanize your imagination, but maybe it's 2005. Liverpool are 3-0 down in the Champions League final. AC Milan, 3-0 up at halftime, but the script wasn't read by Liverpool. They were ready to put the, the trophy colors on, but Liverpool hadn't read that script. Stevie G, you beauty. <laughs> or, or maybe, maybe this will be more helpful. <laughs> May 7th, 2019. First leg, Liverpool are 3-0 down to Barcelona. And everyone, we're missing Mohamed Salah, we're missing our front line. But never give up. Jurgen Klopp hadn't read that script. And said it's impossible, but it's you guys. And Liverpool came back and famously won 4-3. Or maybe, prophetically, prophetically, <laughs> stick with me. Prophetically, maybe it's, you're looking at the script and you see the Premier League season, you see Man City on top, Liverpool fourth, and you say, that's going to be the script. I tell you, prophetically, it's time to flip the script, people. Whatever example, uh, we want to say that actually this is a season for us to flip the script. We actually, maybe the odds are stacked against you. 
Maybe it feels like half time or, or maybe it feels like you are just trying to catch your breath and maybe I just get through. God is saying, no, 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 no. It's impossible, but it's you. It's impossible, but it's me, he says. And watch what I'll do as we flip the script. And that's where we lean into the story of Acts chapter 3. And I have entitled this moment, From Lame to Leaping. It starts off with a man at a gate beautiful, called Beautiful who's been lame for 40 years. But the story culminates with him finding strength in his leg and able to walk for the first time in his, time in his life, but not just staring steps, but leaping steps and turning a whole city upside down. What starts uh, in, in de deformed living leads an ab absolute rejoicing in a city. How does this happen in 11 verses? And I want to say, how do we go from lame to leaping? How can it happen in this one moment? You see, for this guy, 40 years, 40 years, times 365 days, day after day after day, every day they laid him at the temple gate, every day. His, his, it just is another day for him, another day that was nondescript became a one day that flipped the script. So I want to say the same. How can just another day, Groundhog Day for you, become your one day? And I believe, maybe you believing it too, maybe stir your faith. Put in the chat right now. Say, today is the one day. Today is the one day. Write that down. Write it in your notes. Today is the one day. We're going to apprehend the Word of God by faith this morning. So I want to help us because I know, we're all aware that I, I, I preach this with a pastoral heart. We preach in a series knowing that, that there's a crippled economy. We know that there's a crippled health systems and people's, and people's lives. There's crippled finances. There's crippled relationships. There's crippled emotional states. We're aware of this. There's crippled plans. There's crippled futures. I know that. But we say, as we look at the scriptures, as we look at the word of God, we believe that God deals with moments like this where he flips the script. How do we move from lame to leaping? I want to help us very briefly. Three things that jump out of this text for me is number one, and it'll appear at the bottom of the screen, attention. And maybe I need to say that word a bit louder. Attention! Got to grab our attention here in this moment. You see, this man's routine hadn't changed for years. He might, have known the, he might have not known the strength of his own legs, but he was fully aware of other people's legs. You see, he was laid down, so when people would walk in, I think he probably knew, oh, Bob's come to church just by the, what, what pants the guy Bob's was wearing. Bob was a big name in, in Jewish times, didn't you know? Bob. It was huge. But, you know, he had his pitch down. He had worked this thing to a T, and he knew the good money was when people were going into church and coming out of church. He knew that's a good time. And he was ready. The, the cup was ready, and it was going to be filled to the brim. So he was able to live and survive in this economy that he had found himself in. But his, his just another day met this one day where Peter and John, for time's sake, inter, intersect with his story. And they say to him this, as he's looking at their legs with the cup up, saying, spare me some silver, spare me some change, please. They say these words. They say, look at us. Look at us. And as I read that, I really believe that the Spirit of the living God is calling His church, His people, us, out of distraction, out of disappointment, out of disqualification. Yes. You see, this man, he would have been distracted by the many legs and the many voices, the many no's, the few yeses he got. He was distracted. He would have been disappointed 40 years at the same place, seeing people come in and out, but he never moved disqualified, knowing the permanence of a situation. They're going home to a different reality, but he stays in the same spot. But I want to tell you, the original language, when he says, look at us, the original language is, contains us both understandings of intimacy, in, uh, sorry, of in, an invitation to intimacy and a command. That word, look at us, is an invitation and a command. So the best way I can understand this, if, if I had to know this, is if, my, if I'm there at home and I'm reading a book, if I'm on my phone and my kids say, Daddy, look at me. 
That's an invitation. But that's not the fullness of this look at us. Now, if I as a parent are standing on the side of the road and my kids are about to walk in, into a road and there's traffic and I go, look at me! That's a command. But it doesn't full, get the fullness of this moment. An invitation and command is when I am on my phone and my wife walks into a room and she says, look at me. Now that tone, husbands will know, is an invitation and a command. That's the same sort of moment here. Peter and John with authority say, look at us. Look at us. They apprehend his gaze. Now I want to say that I believe this is a season out of disqualification, out of distraction, out of disappointment to devotion. To devotion. You see, the scriptures say the Lord's eyes roam to and fro across the world, searching for hearts that are fully his. God is looking for people who are fully his. And, and I, I know this moment because the scripture says again and again, New Testament language, it says, fix your eyes. The, the New Testament language says, set your mind on things above. Fix your eyes on Jesus. It's this apprehending of attention. Yeah. But I think in our generation, we are, we've got, it's a fix. The Bible calls it a fix, but we've got to fight the flick. You know what I mean? You know what the flick is. The flick. The social media flick. And it's, it's, it's well, we're flicking through news headlines, and, and it's huge this day, but then we just flick onto the next tragedy, the next moment, the next thing. It doesn't really take our attention. We flick through Instagram stories. We flick through it like a couple here and there. We flick through the range of emotions, up one day, down the next, just flicking through them. Flicking from one day in the calendar to the next, what's the next week? It just feels like ground Flicking, flicking through our lives when God says, no, fix your eyes. Look at us. And I want to say this. There is a war for our attention. Life changes, church. Family, friends, there's a war for our attention. Why? Because this is a spiritual principle. And I want you to write this down. Write in the notes, write in the comment section, write it somewhere so you can remind yourself. But what you give attention to, you give access to. What you give attention to, you give access to. Are you going to give your attention to heaven or earth at this time? Will you give attention to your past or your future? To the enemy or the king? To your sin or his blood. You see, I want to even take this one very quickly because I've got the mic. Just nail this to the wall. That actually in the Old Testament, there's this language about the watchman on the walls. And, and, and I think so often in this world, we've apprehended that and say, we've got to be on the lookout for what the enemy is doing. But I want to tell you, the watchman on the walls in the Old Testament, their job was not to look for the enemy. Their job was to look for the return of the king, to alert the kingdom. The king is coming back. Get ready. Church, our eyes are not to be on the enemy at this time. Our attention is on him. Our attention is on the king. We are devoted to him. It's time to flip the script. You see, because I really believe this. Paul says in Philippians, this one thing I do. Stop flicking back and forth, back to your past, back to your disqualification, back and flick back. No, but I'm gonna, no focus. This one thing I do. And because a, a distracted mind leads to a disabled walk. Maybe you need to delete that, that social media. Maybe you need to delete that, that, that Netflix queue, what's this calling you to distraction? This season, God is calling us to radical devotion. D.L. Moody said it this way. He said, the world is yet to see what God can do with a man fully, fully consecrated to him. Yeah. I believe this is the time, the sta- stage is set for a new breed of people who will pick up a different script yeah. and say, I'm reading from that script. Yeah. Attention. Number two, from lame to leaping, is authority. I love it. They say this. In the, they say, silver and gold we do not have. But in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. The authority came in when they said these words, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you today that the coronavirus does not have ultimate authority on this world. 
I want to say the lockdown, politics, government policies, diagnoses in your life, bank statements, they do not have ultimate authority. The name of Jesus, demons still tremble at that name. The wind and waves still obey that name. He still has the name above every other name. This is the, the government may come, they may stretch our hands over us, but actually we know that the church, the praying church, we are stretch our hand to a different authority, to a different Lord, a different access point. We have to understand this in the season because I want to tell you, life change church, God didn't come to take sides, he came to take over. He is not on the left, he's not a liberal, he's not a conservative, he is not for the ANC or the DA, he is not for conspiracies or not, he is... I am Lord. Yeah. That is what he's saying at this time. Yeah. And I, I love in the book of Acts, uh, this, this text, the lame beggar positioned himself day in and day out near the church, wanting the church benefits, but not allowing it to shift his position. 40 years, right outside the church, getting the benefits, but never accessing the authority. And I want to tell you, Peter said this in Acts 2, he said this, God has made this Jesus both Lord and Christ. Yeah. Not just Savior, but Lord. And He's got authority for us. So I want to encourage you at this moment. This is, this when they say, look at us. This is not a pastoral response. You know, if I'm as a pastor, I'd walk past to see a man crippled who's asking for money. Peter and John should, as a pastor, sit down, tell us your backstory. Let's work through all the hurts, the problems. And that would be okay. But in this season, for this man, they knew, he, they knew that he needed to access the authority, the lordship of Jesus in his life. Yeah. And it's the same for you and I. We need to clip, flip the script. Flip the script wanting, God, help me. But actually, God, what, have you, what do I need? To, I need to serve you, Lord. I need to serve you. I need to lay down my life to you. So thirdly, we've got there, we've got attention, authority. Thirdly, application. You say, when they said, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk, yeah. it demanded a response. He couldn't just say, thank you. He couldn't. It demanded a response in that moment. It demanded obedience. And I want to say at this juncture for us that I believe too many people in this season have sat down in defeat when they've been called to walk. They, we've, I want to speak to you right now. Maybe you've sat down in the valley of the shadow of death. But the scripture says this, the valley of the shadow of death will come. But he says, but you will walk through it with me. You'll walk through it with me. And I want to encourage us at this moment with this question. Where do you stand? Where do you stand? Because you were, Life Change Church, you were born to stand out, not fit in. You were born to flip the script. You were born not just to read with the status quo emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, go with the status quo. No, no, you were born to stand out. So I say, will you stand when it's uncertain? Will you stand when it's controversial? When you, will you stand where it doesn't feel good? When you, will you stand when no one else can see? Will you stand? Because he has the incredible thing of the scripture. The healing came in the standing. It says as soon as he took his hand, as soon as he stood, as he started to get pulled up, the healer's legs were strengthened. The healing came in the standing. You see, this is the understanding. I wish, I wish that he would, they could say, this is what's going to happen when you do this. No, he didn't know. But he has the line. Obedience is mine. The outcome is his. Obedience is mine. The outcome is his. We are the people who are called to flip the script. Let me flip the script from lame to leaper. Let me flip the script because maybe the story shouldn't actually center around the crippled man. Let me flip the script. There's a, another duo called Peter and John there. And Peter and John should actually have never been together. If you think about it, personality-wise, they were born to join together because Jesus called them to be together, follow me. But Jesus has gone now. 
They could have picked different groupings. Peter's, you know, because actually on the face of it, Peter is an extrovert. John, a bit of an introvert. Peter is a fighter. John is a lover. Peter's older. John is younger. Peter probably would have been on Facebook. John is on TikTok. No, there's these disparities. Peter's a conservative. John's a liberal. On the face of it, they've always been at odds. Peter's going, what about him? What about him? They, they don't seem to gel on the face of it. But together, they're walking towards the mission of God together. And here's my thing I want to say firstly, that our unity is not in our similarities. It's in our obedience to Christ. That's our unity. Not race, not economic, not social, not, not belief systems around the world. No, it's actually around our beliefs and obedience to Christ. But also this, I believe our breakthrough won't always look like you. What, what do I mean by that? That actually I think our breakthrough is most probably wrapped up in a fence right now. Our breakthrough is wrapped up in who we need to forgive. Who we need to get or what we need to get over. That's the breakthrough. But let me keep going because actually there's two more people in this story. Did you know that? That you don't even see. They're not even named. There's Peter and John. There's a lame man. And there's another two. The Bible says that he was, this lame man was daily placed at the gate beautiful. That means there was another two people who every day would bring him to the gate beautiful. I'm going to name them Dita and Tom because it rhymes with Peter and John. Opposites, Dieter and Tom. Another big biblical names at the time. But if you think about these guys, Dieter and Tom, every day, every day for 40 years, serviced his dysfunction, serviced his disability. They kept putting him down. Each day he was put beside the temple gate. I want to say this. Would you get rid of relationships that keep putting you down? There were two guys, two on opposite sides. Two people kept putting him down and two people walked past and said, get up. Would you get rid of relationships that keep putting you down, keep putting you in the same corner, keep putting you in your dysfunction, keep putting you in the same space? But actually, here's another encouragement. Would you become the kind of person that calls people up, that calls the gold out of them, calls them to their future? Would you flip the script on what you are speaking to people's lives at this time, not just echoing what the culture says, but actually saying, in the name of Jesus Christ, you will get well. In the name of Jesus Christ, there is a different story. In the name of Jesus Christ, your past won't define you. That is who we call to be. And this is, as I bring this into land, they say these words, and it just caught me. They say, silver and gold we do not have. Let me be honest. My heart this time feels like if I was writing that story and it was about me, I would have put a full stop there. The church these days do that. We feel we don't have access to meetings. We don't have access to the political sphere. We just feel a little bit on the outside looking in. And actually, it feels like the church this time are being saying, can you help me? And we go, silver and gold we do not have full stop. I, what I don't have, we stop at our lack. I don't have a job. I don't have a spouse. I don't speak well. I don't have that gift. I don't have that experience. I don't have that education. But I want to say, can we flip the script from being a people who are echoing what we need? Can we flip the script to be, uh, being a people who tell of what we have and what we are called to give? The church is a called to a people to give. Let me say it this way. Life Change Church not in the most strong and loving way I can, you have everything you need right now to flip the script. You see, the scripture tells us the Holy Spirit, the game changer, fills our empty. You don't, uh, the cameras seem that you don't believe me. Let me quickly tell you how I know that. In creation, the earth was formless, empty, empty and void. 
and the Spirit of the living God filled it. And the Word of God came ignited and said, let there be light. And out of emptiness came His life in creation. That we know it in Mary's womb, in incarnation. It was barren. It was empty. There was nothing. But the Spirit of the living God came upon her. And the Word of God ignited. And, and the Bible tells us that, that John leapt, leapt at that moment. Leapt in the, as the creation, leapt into life. Incarnation, Jesus leapt into being in a womb. And then we know as Jesus grew up and, and grew in favor with God and man and then died on the cross for our sin, for our rebellion, for our shame, for our crippleness, for our lameness, for our brokenness, for our dysfunction, for our 40 years of sin and shame. He died on that cross. And what looked like that was over, we know was just beginning because over a tomb that seemed dark and full of void and death, the Spirit of the living God raised Jesus to life. He raised Him to life. And we know that again in the moment. And these disciples, Peter and John, a chapter before, we talked about last week. They were empty. They were void. They had nothing because Jesus had left them. What is going to happen? In that moment, the Spirit of the living God said, I'm coming upon you now. In creation, in incarnation, in resurrection, in impartation, the Holy Spirit is not looking for people who have great needs, but people who have faith in a great Savior. People who have a great faith and a great Savior. It's time to flip the script. You see, the story finishes this way. He went from lame to leaping, but we leave him in verse 11, and he's leaning. He says this, they were amazed, but the last time we see this man is he's holding on to Peter and John. He is leaning. He goes from lame to leaping to leaning. And I want to say this, he starts off constricted to the spot, but when he flips the script, he's now then clinging to his Savior. Nowhere else can I go. Nowhere else can I go. And let me flip the script one more time. The story is not just about the crippled man. The story is not about Peter and John. The story is about a waiting city. If you keep reading, the people are amazed and the city is turned on its head. Why? Because of a crippled man who went from lame to leaping, who said, I'm going to receive the grace of God and flip the script. Because of Peter and John, who said, we're not just going to walk on by because we don't have. We're going to flip the script because actually we have more than we need. We have everything we need. I want to tell you, a man who was crippled in front of a city becomes compelling to the whole city. And that is our story. That is our moment. This is our time. And my final thing, in this moment, maybe your world seems so in focus, you feel down, you feel lame, you feel no way out. I want to tell you, when you don't see a way out, it's time to go up. It's time to go up. When you don't see a way out, it's time to go up. Look at us. Give, us his, give the Lord your His attention. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up. Understand His authority. And then obey. Apply what you believe. This is the season to do that. This is the time to flip the script. Why don't you raise your hand at home right now? If you need a flip the script moment, if you need to submit your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, if you need to bring an order, say, Jesus, I'm coming under your authority. I'm giving access to your name right now. Why don't you lift your hands at home? Why don't you type an amen in the chat? Right now we pray, Jesus, would you take your people from lame to leaping? In one moment, Father, your Spirit of the living God would do it. Just another day of nondescript would become the one day that flips the script. I declare it. We believe it. And now, Holy Spirit, would you fill your people? Fill your people afresh. And I thank you, Father God, that the church of Jesus Christ would go from lame to leaping to leaning. And the world would see that you are God, that you are Savior, as we flip the script.